Welcome to the Building Heroes Podcast, where we learn to build heroes in our homes to help our kids be prepared for their life journeys. Hi, I'm your host, Molly Christensen, and I love to encourage and mentor you on your path. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 71 of the Building Heroes podcast. And I'm excited to have one of our previous podcast guests back on the show to chat with us. So welcome, Kirsten. And um, yeah, why don't you just give us a little introduction about yourself, you know, refresh your story about how you got to where you are today. Okay, so I'm a mom of two, homeschool, we do homeschool since, I can't say it in the year, three years ago we started homeschooling, which has changed all our outlook on life, and we're doing a lot of things very, very differently now than we used to. Um, I am a life and leadership coach, I used to, I, I'm a trained scientist, but I realized that I wanted to work more with people, and I saw that not a lot of scientists were really good at working with people. <laughs> they were really good at focusing on their projects, on you know, asking questions and trying to figure out solutions, but not really good in collaboration, in um, communication skills. And when I became a mom, I, I finally took the dive and I became a Jenna's certified emotional intelligence practitioner and now I'm a life and leadership coach and I want to bring it most um, mostly to moms who would like to step up their leadership game which I know moms sometimes go like what I don't want to be a leader I want to be the nurturer like we just talked about I want to be um, you know there for my kids I don't want to be bossy and that's not what leadership is about. So we'll talk about that a little bit, I think, um, in this podcast. But yeah, so I want to bring this to moms in the home. Like, how can you build your team? How can you basically live together in a um, collaborative and you know nurturing environment? But we're still, everybody is being valued as their individual person. Um, and the other thing that I do is I still do leadership coaching. So I help moms, um, working moms, figure out work-life integration through leadership training. Um, yeah, that's what I do. And that's awesome. And you're, you're probably being a little modest when you say you're a trained scientist. You, you uh, <laughs> don't you have your PhD? <laughs> I do, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a trained scientist right there for yeah. you. And you are from Austria, mm -hmm. right? But you live in California for most of the time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Super cool. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I remember that you said too in your other podcast is, I'm, or I'm pretty sure you said this, is that you didn't really ever think you wanted to have kids. Yes. I, yes. You're right. You remember, right? I was not sure because I did not let's say so. I didn't have any role models, you know, when you go down this career, um, and I was mainly in academia, it is all about the career, you hardly ever stop thinking of what do I want from life, um, other than be a scientist. 
And so none of my friends or colleagues had kids until I did my postdoc. In my postdoc year, I I don't know if it was my biology or <laughs> whatever, but it, it I suddenly wanted to have family and my husband too and we were ready for it yeah but I'm I'm a late mom like I'm a yeah 35 plus (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and you said it totally changed your whole life which yeah it totally did because first off kids but also like you said you shifted from being a scientist to a people person (laughs) coach (laughs) isn't life awesome how you can just do that (laughs) I, I think it is and honestly I must say I found it very refreshing when I came to the United States because in Europe usually people stay in that track like when you, you kind of decide and then you, you do that forever it's not as easy to switch gears and I found that here when I went to events and networking um, events where people would share their stories I found a lot of and mostly women who actually with 40 something they just suddenly started doing something different and for, yeah so for me it was it was eye-opening that it could be done and that there were people who did that but also I think we have such a narrow thinking most of the times that we learn a skill set and that's what we're going to do and we forget about how many transferable skills we have like how much do we actually know and if a different problem gets thrown in your way you do have skills to solve that problem right you might not be the expert right away but you can work your way up and and so I think as a society and I think homeschooling does that for us too right we start questioning so much so much more we we look at a lot of issues from a lot of more perspectives and we try to figure out how how can we overcome something or do we really need to do it this way because it's always been that way so I think um, that's part of the freedom of homeschooling that you start looking at things in a, in a different way and and yeah don't forget I hear so many moms um, that have been out of the workforce for a while questioning their worth questioning themselves about what am I even good to do like what can I even bring to the table right now and and being insecure about they have so many so much experience and and they really can bring a lot to the table and I think we have to look at those skills even through motherhood, like all the different skills that you learn through there, how can I apply that to my next role, for example? So that's my oh, thought. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Because I love what you said earlier. You said, you know, you wanted to help people. Uh, I mean, okay, you said moms often don't think that they're in a leadership role or they don't want to be, but we really are. And, and you mentioned, we're trying to build our team, our family team, and, but at the same time, we're valuing the, valuing the individual as well. And so as, as moms, we really do have a lot of experience that we do tend to discount, partly because it is somewhat of, of a thankless job. You know, your kid doesn't usually come up to you and say, oh, 
thank you so much for those team building activities, mom. You know, <laughs> thanks for trying to get us all some good boundaries and rules, you know. <laughs> you don't, you don't usually do that, although, you know, on occasion, but it, it is an interesting thing because I think for many moms that does happen with the self-worth issue. But um, with all the hats that moms have to put on, they are learning a ton of skills that they can do. And it's especially good if um, we can keep that in mind and not start going down that path of, I'm just a mom. Absolutely, yeah. And I, and I think sometimes too, we think that there's only one right path. So I like that you mentioned too, it's, you know, hey, sometimes the path doesn't always look just like this nice paved straight road. <laughs> there are detours, there are branches and, and, you know, on the path of the hero's journey, right? I, I'm always talking about how we want to go on our own path, our own journey. Um, but sometimes that's hard to know what that looks like. And sometimes that's hard to, to figure out how to navigate it. But I think just knowing that there's, it's not just a straight path can actually really be helpful too. Yes, and I think oftentimes we don't realize, I, I always think of it as a winding river <laughs> and there can be forks and there can be, you know, it's, you never know, only if you take the next step you learn more, you know, and you have the you have a new perspective. So I think we have to give ourselves the permission to try out things. And I, I think we're really good at giving this permission to our kids. So why not ourselves? Why do we have different standards for ourselves, right? Um, yeah. No, I totally agree with that. So let's go back to this idea of mom as a leader in the home with dad um, and how moms can build that leadership skill in their own homes. Yeah, so I, I like to think of it as the parents, right? Like it's not only the mom, but, but oftentimes in our situation, the moms have more time and more contact with the kids um, depends on on your situation of course but it does not exclude the spouse or the partner at all um, what we love to do is we bring the family together and we look at the different individuals that we have in the family at their needs we also look at their strengths at the personality type and so we try to find solutions to the different let's call them problems that come up or issues that come up in a way where we collaboratively problem solve, for example, and we give our kids the space to learn those skills. Like we do family meetings and I highly suggest you to try that. It is amazing what solutions kids can come up with when they have information. When they when they have when they can take informed decisions when you when you offer um, basically the background story of why you have to take a decision if it's about extracurriculars is always a good one because as parents we think we have to sign them up for a lot <laughs> uh, whereas my opinion is 
I only sign them up if they're really invested, if they really want to do something, because I don't want to be the taxi driver. Okay. So I also look at my at my predisposition of wait, do I want to do this? <laughs> do I really want to, or how much do I want to to offer my time and energy for something? And then they have to to make a decision. Like what, what extracurricular do you want to focus on or do you want to try out next until they find something that they really love, for example? Yeah, that's good. And yeah, family meetings are really, really good to just open up the communication and solve problems. And we actually had a really good family meeting a couple of weeks ago where we, we brought up some issues, um, some learning opportunities for us. And and the kids came up with some really great solutions and then we didn't implement them. And so we still have the problems. Yeah. <laughs> but that's why if you do these regularly, you can check back up and see if the solutions yeah. worked. <laughs> and, and there's another opportunity here, right? You can, you can have a conversation with your family again. Hey, look, we came up with the solution, but somehow we never really implemented it. How can we make this work? Like who is taking on what responsibility or, or do you have ideas of how we can get it started? Um, and when you do that, what you really do is you make your, your kids and your partner, like everybody is equal, right? Everybody has a voice, everybody has a seat at the table. And so it, it builds a feeling of value and empowerment. Um, so when they feel like this, they really want to be helpful. They really want to stick to the solution because they came up with it, they're proud of it, right? Mm -hmm. um, so then you don't have to push so hard to actually get them to doing things. Um, chores is another hot topic usually in families. Um, again, look at the people you have identified chores that you would like them to take on and give them a choice. Like say there's five or six things, let them pick and then try it out. Maybe they're lacking, you know, when problems arise, usually it's either they're lacking skills or the expectations weren't set properly. So those are again, opportunities to have conversations about what does done look like? How often do we need to do this? Um, you know. If I have to remind you, it's kind of hard on me. <laughs> How can we make sure that you can remember to do this and, and things like this? Um, another hot topic is usually chores and the distribution with the partner in the home. So same approach, I would do the same thing. I would identify the chores. I would identify how important it is to you, how important it is to your partner and how willing each of you would be, for example, to take them on. And when you approach it like this, then there's usually not a lot of power struggles. There is not a lot of discussion or it doesn't get ugly <laughs> as much or at all. Maybe not, not even at all, you know, because maybe you are identifying something that nobody wants to take on. Well, then the solution would be, can we let it go? Do we have to do that chore? Or can we maybe not do it for a while or can we outsource or can we find another solution to this? So there's always, you know, there's lots of creativity in it too, but all it's all about communication really. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I'm going to admit our family issues were about chores. 
<laughs> I'm like, nobody's doing them. And I actually said what you said. It's really hard on me when I have to keep reminding you. And actually, really what I said was, is I don't want to be a nagging mother. <laughs> yeah. But if you don't do it, it's got to get done. And then I keep reminding you. And then I turn into a nag and I don't want to be a nag. And quite truthfully, one big reason why our solutions did not work is because we had sickness. But <laughs> you know, that kind of threw out actually, and we also had a broken dishwasher. <laughs> so that definitely throws things off. But yeah, as we are consistent in having that time to communicate, now we can go back and revisit and say, okay, hey, that didn't work out too well. Let's reset and see if we can do this and, and yeah. see what solutions we can come up with to make it work this time. And, that, and again, yeah. I think it is, sorry, no, again, it is, um, it gives them, you know, the permission to, to also get things wrong, right? It doesn't always have to, to work the first time. You, you just, you try a solution, maybe it's working for a little bit and then it doesn't. So you can assess, well, why is it suddenly not working? What has changed? Mm -hmm. um, so, so I think we have to, it's not going to be always perfect. It's not always, one solution is not going to work forever. <laughs> and, and so we have to, to be okay with that. We have to let go of this idea that what I say <laughs> this is how it has to be done. We have to work with the people we have in our home. And the same in your work, right? You have to work with the people you have in your team. You have to find solutions. You, you don't give somebody who's really good um, with a tech of a project, you don't give them customer service, right? You, you look for the person who's good in, in communicating, in, in, in working with people. So the same thing in your family, you have to find their strengths. You have to find what they really like to contribute and how they, they want to do things. And how they want to do things is an important one because sometimes we are too controlling. Sometimes we are we have one way of doing a thing and think that's the way it should be done. So I think having those conversations about what does done look like is a really good, a good thing to have. Um, because, you know, it might look different for different people, but if we can clarify, hey, for me, it is not done until the last dish is clean, your job is not done, right? Um, then this this is a boundary, like this is saying, hey, no, you're doing the dishes, but I don't want to have another, I don't want to have leftover dirty dishes, for example, just because there's some that you don't like or <laughs> whatever, or you, maybe they're afraid of breaking them, you know, so there, there might be some conversations to have had, why is it not done, or, you know, so I don't know if I'm making sense, but. <laughs> no, I really like that, because what you're really saying is, when we have a family, we've got a set of boundaries, and boundaries are really just clear expectations. So everybody knows what to expect, right? Yes. And when you, when you know what to expect, you feel more safe and secure in your home. If, if mom or dad or whoever is always just changing their mind and you never know what's gonna set them off, that doesn't feel as safe. And exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, I really love how you put that, um, of having the boundary of the clear expectations is yeah. really good. 
And you know, I, oh, go ahead. This kind of off topic. <laughs> and, and then I, the other thing that a friend of mine phrased it really well, like having a boundary shows somebody how you want to be loved. Like when we take this into self-care, because moms are really not, usually not very good at taking care of themselves. They usually look for everybody else first. But I think it's really important to care for yourself, for your mental health, for your physical health, for, you know, just you're the one who is nurturing the family. You may have to make sure that you're in a good place first. And kids and partners can understand your boundaries of I need alone time or I need to work out or I just need to go for a walk or I want to do the grocery shopping by myself rather than dragging four or five kids with me. Um, so, or I don't know, school pickup. I don't know if everybody is homeschooling in your audience, but for example, some of my um, clients they're not homeschooling so that they have school pickups to coordinate and it's not always on the mom it doesn't have to be you know those those it depends on your situation you might find solutions of doing it in a different way and and when we have those healthy boundaries in place it really shows people how much or how what are you okay with and what are you not okay with and so in your family, I think it is really important to show your kids that they may have boundaries too. Because if you don't have boundaries, they're probably not learning to set boundaries themselves. And, and I think a lot of us struggle, a lot of the moms I work with at least, they struggle with setting boundaries because they were expected to be quiet. They were expected to listen and not speak up. They were expected to um, not make a fuzz <laughs> right and so it, it might be in our conditioning and it might be hard work at the beginning but you're not hurting anybody by setting a boundary they might you know they might feel like hey that's new <laughs> what do I do with this now but it's not it's not against them right it's nothing you're just showing them hey I'm okay with you treating me like this but now I don't know, I need a break or now I'm going to walk away. I don't want to have this conversation right now and, and things like that. So I think it's important to, to realize that boundaries don't hurt other people. And the second thing with boundaries is people are going to push back because it's new, right? If, if you have never set boundaries, your kids are going to push back, your spouse, your extended family, your friends because they're not used to you speaking up for yourself. Um, so it's your job to hold that boundary. And this is the hard work because sometimes we learn how to say something to stay the boundary, but then it's hard work to keep it up. And, and I think this is the work to do to, to stand firm in your, in your beliefs and in your boundaries that you set. And, and, and eventually people will learn, hey, this is, this is, this is her limb, like this until here, and this is how she wants to be treated, and this is how she wants to be talked to, for example. I do tell, I do say to my kids sometimes, um, I've been doing a 21-day hip challenge, 
and it's only 15 minutes a day, but they started climbing on me, for example. And I'm like, hey, I really don't feel respected right now. This is 15 minutes for myself and I need that space. And they totally understood. So, you know, I think what we teach when we show up in this way, we teach our kids to be respectful. We teach our kids that it's okay for them to say stop as well. We teach our kids to have a voice. And, and so if you can't do it for yourself, think about, <laughs> think about your kids. Yeah, that's so good. So good because, I mean, on so many levels here, because, you know, when we're talking about setting up, say, maybe boundaries in a family, it really does start with mom. With, with how mom sets up her boundaries too. And I, as I, mom models that, then the whole family can, can um, learn how to do that too. And it's just like what you say, it's like sometimes we don't, as moms, we just don't feel worth it or whatever. And, and we don't speak up, but it, it is what you say. It's amazing what we will do because we know it will be good for our kids. <laughs> and then, I want to, to come back to, let me give an example. For example, I did that. Is, I just had another podcast interview. <laughs> um, when we went out for dinner, lunch with the kids, usually we would pick an adult item. We usually don't pick kids menus. Um, so what my husband would always pick his plate and I would pick something that the kids would eat. So in case they wouldn't eat it, they could eat mine, you know? And, and I'm like, why am I doing this? My husband never, it never crossed his mind to even think about what the kids would want to eat, <laughs> right? He just orders his food. And so now I'm ordering my food. I'm like, no, I, I want to eat what I want to eat. <laughs> and then they can pick something, right? And if it's not as expected, well, they may have something from my plate or from my husband's plate, but we're not making a huge fuss around it, right? But for the longest time, I would pick food that I knew my kids would eat. Uh -huh. and, and I'm like, why am I doing this, right? So that was a realization that I had. And then the other thing that I wanted to say is when we do, when we set those boundaries, it's really about creating this space to, to, for everybody to be who they are, for everybody to be respected the way they want to be treated, the way they want to be touched, the way they want to be talked to, and, and for really for who they are. And I think this is the most precious gift that we can give anybody to accept them the way they are. And it's not, not up to us to say, hey, this is how we do things, or this is, this is, why don't you just do that? if it's not okay with that person. And I think we have to be respectful in this way. Yeah, that's good. Well, and you know, I, I had a little incident the other night too, or the other day, um, I ordered stuff on Black Friday. And so I got a whole bunch of boxes <laughs> and I saw these boxes and I was like, yeah, I should go bring these up to my bedroom and put them in there. And then I thought, no, I don't want to carry all of these boxes. <laughs> I have lots of willing and able kids. So I could just set that boundary and say, hey, let's all bring the boxes up now. 
<laughs> and have them help me out because they didn't need to all be sitting there and watch me do it. But, you know, in past life, I, not past life, but, you know, just former days, I may have just carried them all myself and then grumbled in my head that they should know better. They should see me struggling here and they should offer to come and help. Yes. No, that doesn't actually help that kind of thinking. No, no. Thanks. Thanks for highlighting this because this was the last point that I wanted to say. If you don't ask for help, what is happening is that you're becoming resentful because you, like you said, the stories in your head are, I'm not valuable. They're not seeing how much I do. They don't care about me or my time. And what is that going to do for your relationships, right? Yeah. It doesn't have, because then you're resentful and then maybe you're paying back in another way, right? Like you didn't help me. I'm not going to help you kind of thing. And it's, it's usually not very helpful. So when that thought comes into your mind that it's too scary to set a boundary, think what happens if you don't, right? What happens what does it do to your to your relationship if you don't ask for help or if you don't say, hey, I really need time for myself right now. Why don't you take the kids out so I can get time to myself, for example? Yeah, I mean, even a part of me was like, oh, I don't know if I want to ask and they're all just going to complain and, you know, but but then I was like, no, <laughs> I can set this boundary. I don't want to carry these up myself. And they are perfectly willing and able, and I need help. So it's okay to ask. And guess what? They didn't crumble. They just did it. (laughs) And they did it way faster than I would have. It would have taken me like, you know, a bunch of trips up and down. And, you know, maybe that would have been good to get more steps. But that would have been my choice. You know, but in this case, I just thought, you know what? I've been sick. I want some help. (laughs) And and. When you look at it like this, that it is your choice mm-hmm. to not say anything, right? Or to say something, yes. then you can't really be upset about anybody else, right? Yeah, it's, it's really, really a good emotional management technique because you're, you're taking that, that responsibility into yourself and that's empowering, you know, because now I don't have to blame my husband for you know, sitting on the couch watching football, watch, and I'm thinking he's over there watching me struggle, you know, no, I just didn't know. I just needed to ask, right? (laughs) And most of the time people are willing. And if they're not, that's okay too. And that's a choice. I think that's another way of looking at it. I hear some coupling. Um, Another way of looking at it is that like, what happens if you don't ask for help is that you don't give others an opportunity to help right because we want to be helpful we are social creatures we are meant to work together we are really not meant to struggle by ourselves mm-hmm. and so anytime you ask you give somebody else the opportunity to help yeah. and and that might be that what pushes you over to to asking more right <laughs> yes yes and it's true i mean One thing that really helped me to set better boundaries and ask for help was to just realize that most people do want to be helpful. Maybe they're having a bad day or maybe they're not managing their emotions and maybe they're going to say no sometimes. 
but that's okay. It's like most of the time they actually really do want to be helpful. Mm-hmm. They want to be that kind of person. And, and if we don't ask for help, they may not see it. And, you know, it's okay to ask. Yeah, I, I think we, we often forget that we all have different perspectives, mm-hmm. right? Um, so we are not seeing the same things as another person is seeing. It might not be on their radar. And then the second thing, if we look at our kids again, it might be skills that are lacking, right? If they don't want to do something, they might not be confident enough mm-hmm. in finishing the task. So, so you know, don't take everything personally. <laughs> yeah. Look at what could be underlying, what, what could be in there and, and what ki- kind of support could we give or find or, you know, you don't have to do all. <laughs> That's the thing is you don't have to do all, but you have to figure out the support that somebody needs and maybe how can you bring it in? Um, I don't know. We do a lot of mixed things in my in my home and my son was diagnosed dyslexic so we do use quite a lot of video for example if there's a skill that he's lacking he learns about it through video or through audiobooks or or podcasts kind of thing so we do that we we just did well we've been doing that for a while but um, we have a kid cooking class kids cooking um, thing that a course that I bought when he was so (laughs) and so my kids have been involved in the kitchen for a long time and and they use sharp knives my daughter is five and a half now but she's been using a sharp knife for a while now and my son now recently started cooking on the stove like he was interested he was willing to to learn to use the heat and everything so he with eight and a half he made um, the european style pancakes like the crepe because he wanted to learn how to flip them and he wanted to work with the heat. So, you know, if the skill is not there, he didn't want to cook on the stove. He had not been wanting to cook on the stove until recently. Now he feels confident to be able to do it. So now I can bring him into the kitchen more kind of thing. Yeah, that's really great. So, I mean, really just to summarize all of this is when we have problems, you know, it's really good to look at the two things. Are skills lacking? And are the expectations clear? And on both of those, they're going to require communication to figure out. Right. Yeah. And, and that's really how we set up boundaries, right? We, we communicate and then we look to see <laughs> what skills are lacking and what expectations are lacking. And then we can test it out see if it works and if it doesn't good thing we're going to keep communicating right and 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 like the perspective i think we have to take perspective into account too like we have to ask others for what 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 are you seeing in this problem like how what does the situation look like from your point of view because we have we are older we have had more life experiences so we we often Superpose. Is it superpose? Is that a word? <laughs> but we impose our solutions or we, we, you know, we say, hey, this is clear, but for them, it might not be. So really listening, deep, deep listening and, and letting them share their perspective. In leadership training, there is a, a technique, it's called the seven heads, where you look at a problem from different um, perspectives. 
deliberately like you really want to do that to make it an informed decision and the same in your home like you want to have the input from the other viewpoints yeah that's good and that's that's a big part of the communication piece yes for sure yeah yeah no i love that that's great well thank you so much for hopping on here to chat to us about setting boundaries and you know moms we love to do everything for everyone <laughs> well sometimes we grumble but that that is kind of how we operate you know <laughs> that's so we feel like we need to but it is really important for moms to set those boundaries too so that we can teach our kids how to do that as well and that we can set them in our own families as well so I appreciate you taking your time to come and discuss this with us because I think there's a lot of good tips in there and Really, I just want to ask you, where would you say, where would you recommend people start when they're trying to set up boundaries? Well, it depends on what boundaries. If the moms are really struggling with self-care, I would start there. <laughs> I would start putting boundaries in place until you feel respected and until you feel valued. Um, really taking care of yourself because you're the one like you said you're giving all the time it is really easy to get depleted and you don't want to end up in that space because then you don't have capacity to buffer any tantrums any don't don't even need to be a tantrum right but any high friction situations you, you don't have the capacity to buffer so take care of yourself first set some boundaries to make sure that you're feeling okay. Um, and then it depends on, you know, whatever you feel is out of whack in your family. Um, like I said, we do the family meetings. So, so we, we look at what is not going so well lately, what is going really well, because don't forget, celebrate your wins, right? Uh, our brain is wired to detect danger <laughs> so we are very we have a little bit of a negative bias we're looking more for the problems than for the good things so we have to remind our our mind hey there's a lot of good things going on and not only our mind our our people too right <laughs> our families too um yeah and then work from there like identify what needs fixing or what needs adjusting and and so take it one step at a time don't try to you know, what is it? Throw the baby out with the bathtub? <laughs> but do one step at a time, like implement one thing, see how it works, adjust, and then maybe bring in the next thing. And you know that it's working when your kids are asking for meetings. Like yeah. when they come and say, hey, I think we should have a meeting about this. Then, you know, this is really working because they, they feel safe. They know that they have a voice and they're letting you know, hey, we want to talk about this and we want to find a solution. That's really good. Yeah, and, and I think, yeah, it's, it's really good for mom to start off with that self-care. I mean, I have a mother who definitely crashed and, and couldn't handle things. And that's kind of the example I grew up with. And, um, you know, as I became adult and a mother, I still wasn't very good at self-care. <laughs> I, I, that is definitely a skill I had to learn how to do that. 
And then, yes, I think the next place is just whatever's bugging you the most. That's where you start. And then you use your family meetings to bring those up and find solutions. So yeah, that's really good. And, and you know, the kids will feel heard when they keep asking for it, which is good. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much for hopping on my podcast today. I really enjoyed chatting with you and hearing all your ideas about the boundaries and, and the way you frame that. And why don't you let our audience know where they can find you and more about you? My website is my name, so it's www.kerstinkirchsteiger.com. Um, my freebie is still a checklist, although I'm reworking it. Um, so it is basically visual checklists for the kids to, to take on tasks themselves, like packing their bags for sports or we travel a lot. So there's a packing list for travel. There's a camping list. So my husband could start packing part of camping <laughs> and it's visual and it's also editable. So you get a document where you can make your own because I don't know your needs, right? Um, and what else? Um, I do have a work-life flow podcast where we chat about a lot of things, honestly. It's a lot of <laughs> work-life, mostly work-life integration and how to make it work and um, how to create that space when you feel called to do more than than just being a mom um and i'm on, on instagram it's kerstin underscore kirchsteiger and i have a work-life flow facebook group so that's that's where people can find me wow that's awesome i love that all right thank you so much thank you for having me it was fun thanks for listening to the building heroes podcast can you help more people join the Building Heroes movement by sharing this podcast? More people can find it when you subscribe to the show, rate it, and leave a review. For more help on Building Heroes in your home, get the free Building Heroes resources at www.buildingheroesacademy.com. <laughs>